Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, one of the most incredible journeys that's played out over the past decade in CCM Music has been the path traced by We Are Messengers. You see, not that long ago, Mr. Darren Mulligan, the big-hearted vocalist for the band, was working hard labor jobs in his native Ireland. Today, their brand new record is just available across the land, called Power, sharing its name with its tremendous title track. Darren, a lovely day to you, good man. Welcome to On the Road, and how are things today, sir? Fantastic. We uh, just got back on the road, and we, we did the March for Life and rocked the universe, and so it's been a really amazing start to the new year, you know? You really had some wisdom that you dispensed at the March for Life, and I'm going to ask you just a bit later about that, but of course the new album is just available across the Fruited Plains, sir. The LP is called Power shares its name with a single burning up the airwaves across the country in recent weeks. And the track itself is a source of great motivation and an invitation to keep going. But it doesn't just leave us with the promise that everything is going to be okay. It explains why it will be. What was at the heart of power for you, good man? Well, first thing we wanted to write a song that had the energy and had that musical power behind it that captured something that I think can be missing sometimes in Christian music. I think sometimes we make our songs somewhat effeminate. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that sometimes we, we, we take some of the masculinity out of our songs. Um, and I wanted, to, I wanted to write a song that men as well as ladies could really get behind. You know, they could really put this song on in the gym or when they're driving their car. Or, and, and it just would empower them as they listen to it. So when we talk about the power of this song, what we're not talking about is this oppressive, sometimes we associate the word power with an oppression, which is exerting your influence over someone else to make them do what you want them to do. But the power we're talking about this song is the power of God, which is the opposite of that. It is a submissive thing. So when we watch Jesus and we see, see his life and we see his willingness to go to the cross, we see him submitting his will to that of the fathers. And that's where the power of God is found. The power of God is found when our lives are inverted, when they're turned upside down, you know, when we lose our lives so others find it, when we give ourselves away so that other people can have him. And we just wanted a song that would just challenge people to do that because we have access to that power through the King of Kings. And so often our lives are so uh, mediocre because we choose to rely on our power instead of that submissive, sacrificial love of God. It's so interesting to hear you talk about intentionally writing a song to serve, in a way, an underserved group of listeners. Because I noticed, you know, in the response to Maybe It's Okay, 
as well that there were so many yeah. people who not who would not normally be gushing over a CCM song. They were just talking <laughs> about just how incredible this song was. Were you yeah. when you see the success and you hear the stories of a song like that, were you prepared for that response or did it just kind of take you by surprise? No, I, I, I wasn't prepared. And, and honestly, we're a very blue collar band. So like, you know, I've worked hard labor jobs all my life before I was a musician. So none of that goes to our heads or, or takes us off the course, which God has put us on, which is to reach the marginalized and, you know, the outsider in our communities. Um, but it's an incredible honor to see that. And so I think for me, uh, the main reason we do these songs is so that we can start conversations with human beings about an incredible God. And it takes all kinds to do this. So you have some people who write these beautiful worship songs for church congregations, but that's not our gifting. Our gifting is to sing songs for the every man and the every woman, for the ordinary person on the street. He doesn't necessarily have this hyper-spiritual experience of God. Uh, and we want to draw them into a conversation about a God who is present in the mundane and the simple and the ordinary, who is accessible. We don't need to please him. We don't need to be good. We just need to develop a loving relationship with him that he's already made a way for. So our songs are very ordinary. People joke with us and they say, you know, we're the people's band. Um, <laughs> and I hope so. And this, I guess the success we've had, Ryan, has been it's kind of crept up on people, do you know? Like we've seen it on, the, on our shows, they just get bigger and bigger and more and more people are coming and it's really beautiful to watch something grow organically. Like we're not a one-hit wonder, you know, flash in the pan type band. We've been around now for a few years and every song that comes out just tells another story and tells a, shows another side to, to God and to our experience of him and to see people respond to that is, yeah, we're just incredibly thankful and grateful for that. Mr. Darren Mulligan is with us today for Faith Radio's On the Road, the big-hearted vocalist behind We Are Messengers, their brand-new record just available across the land called Power, sharing its name with its tremendous title track. And, you know, Darren, you had the chance to perform before tens of thousands on the National Mall just days ago at the National March for Life in Washington, D.C., and you had some pretty remarkable things to say at the march. I'm going to quote you now on one of those. You said, I hear on the news, oh, America's falling apart. America's so divided. But I see you all here in a beautiful picture of what America looks like. One people, under God, under one sky. It is a simple observation, but I found that to be a powerful word, sir. Particularly as a gentleman who hails from the beautiful green island of Ireland and now lives here in the U.S., what was behind that message for you, sir? Well, you know, people often ask us, you know, do we prepare the words that we speak beforehand? And we definitely don't. And if you've been to a We Are Messenger show, you know that we never really say the same thing twice. We might have common theme, themes and seasons. Um, and when I stood out in a, on the mall and I looked over. You know, I think there was maybe a hundred thousand people there when we were performing. Yeah. And I looked out and they were black and white and Hispanic and from all ethnicities and from all denominations, you know, within the Christian spectrum. And then there were many people that were atheists and agnostics. And what struck me was how the media portrays this image of a of a country that is at each other's throats. And that's really not the case. In the reality that's not what we see. You know, I'm sitting in my neighborhood here right now in Tennessee and 
you know, my neighbor's out there and he's working, doing the best he can. And my other neighbor's, you know, brought his kids home from school. And people are going about their lives. And I think it does us a disservice when the narrative is only about what is wrong in this country. The narrative should be that this is an incredible country with people doing the best they can. And when you see those amount of people in one place peacefully protesting something they're incredibly passionate about, which we are also, which is being pro-life and pro-woman, um, it reminds you of the deep character um, and the kindness and mercy and grace that exists in this culture. And I'm sick and tired of a media that portrays us out to be at each other's throats when that is not the case for the common man and the common woman. <laughs> Powerful stuff, my friend. You went on to say this as well. You you had a very full spectrum message and you said this, quote, America, you do a lot of talking sometimes and not a lot of doing. You've got to be taking <laughs> care of people. Let's be about that love. Take us inside yeah. that. Well, I was joking with my manager yesterday and he, we were talking about that and he said he loves that I'm an equal opportunity offender because <laughs> I offend everyone equally. <laughs> and, and a lot of the times when you hear me saying things like that, really what I'm, I'm challenging is myself, you know, because if I stand on a platform and I say that I'm pro-life, well, what does that mean? If I'm just throwing words out there and just trying to advance an agenda, that's not actually love, that's just an agenda. So you start by loving people where they're at, you know, whether they choose the right decision or they don't. We don't get to choose who we love anymore. The king has already, you know, put that thing in place. But, but what do we do beyond that? You know, if I'm going to stand up and say I'm pro-life, but am I willing to babysit for a young girl who's pregnant and considering terminating her child because she can't go to university because she can't afford that? Are my family willing to do that? Are we willing to invest in inner city health centers who offer free ultrasounds and counseling and post a board of counseling should they choose the choice that we hope they don't. Do you know, are we willing to invest financially with our time, with our energy, or are we just going to be mouthpieces? Because that's one of the most hypocritical things that especially a believer can do. You know, like GM says, you know, faith without works is empty. So the works are important in regard to that. Yeah, the gospel is not about being good. It's about being in love. But if you're really in love with the king, you're going to be motivated towards doing good things. And so I want to be a person who doesn't just talk about it, but a person that is about it. Um, so it's funny how the media portrayed that again. You know, we had <laughs> conservative media comes out and paints this picture of Darren Mulligan being awesome, you know, standing for the unborn. And, and then liberal media comes out and starts poking fun at us for being, you know, Trump supporters. And if you had been there in the day, you know, Trump spoke after us, President Trump, and you would have heard me speak briefly about him. And I said something to the effect of, you know, he's just another man. He's not perfect, but he's doing the best thing he can. And we need to take it easy on ourselves, easy on each other. But the media, again, always advances its narrative. But I think it's up to the common man and to the common wo woman to demonstrate that there is a very different narrative that takes place on our streets in our cities and in our communities and to take back that power, which is ours. And the way we take that power back is not through force or resistance. It's through loving each other because the scripture says that they will know us by how we love each other. And they can call me names and they can get after me all they want. And I will always run to the scripture, which says that they'll hate me because they hated him first. But don't let them hate you because you're arrogant or hypocritical. 
let them hate you because they cannot tolerate the kindness of God. <laughs> Goodness. And you, you know what I mean? Oh, that's, that is so well said. And it, it, it really leads into something that, that I saw you do. And you're, you're a tremendously humble man. So I'm going to compliment you here. So just prepare yourself, oh. okay, emotionally? <laughs> so I'm ready. We're at a music festival in Northwest Iowa and we had the chance to be backstage and we were waiting for a chance to do just a little quick interview with you. And as we were doing that, you were going through a line of your fans that was greeting you and they were just so excited to greet you. And a gentleman comes up to you and you asked him how he was. And he told you that he'd had a foot injury and you leaned down and held his foot and prayed for him right there in that moment. And it, it made such an impact on me to see that. I don't think I've ever seen another artist do something like that before. Talk just about your heart for doing what you do because it was so big and, and so clear that day. Well, I think I try to model what I do on Jesus and I fail so terribly at it. But nonetheless, I persist. So if someone comes through on a signing line and they say, you know, I've broke my ankle or I have cancer. Uh, the tendency sometimes to say, oh, well, you know, we'll be praying for you. But yeah. you never actually do. Yeah. You know, you forget exactly. about it. So I try to take as many moments as I can when someone is like that to, to actually physically do it in the moment. Um, and it gets harder and harder as the crowds get bigger to do that. Um, but, but we still endeavor to be people that in the moment we'll be with the people that are right in front of us. Because sometimes when you're a big signing line, you know, there's hundreds of people there, there's a tendency to, to look behind to who's coming next, you know? Um, and I think for me, I want to do what Jesus does, which is be present with the people that are right in front of me. Like this conversation right now, I can either be absent in my mind and be waiting to lift my child out of his cot in two minutes, try and do that before my wife gets home so I can say that I actually lifted him before <laughs> and I don't get in trouble. Or I can actually be present in the conversation and trust that this matters because this is all we have is right here and right now. If you were somehow able to talk with Darren years ago, doing those kind of jobs that you talked about, and show yeah. him the future that he was going to have on those big stages and the future of ministry, would he be utterly shocked? Would he be somehow not surprised? He would never have believed that it would have got to this place, you know, because he was very insecure and he doubted himself and he still does and he still feels unworthy to do it. And he would have done then too. But there was something in me as a child that I knew someday this would come to be. Um, <laughs> strange through all of the mess of my life that God was working it all together for good. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been shocked that this was possible, but I would have been shocked that I was able. And I think that's where the Lord again proves himself able when I am not like, I'm not the most gifted man in the world. Um, but the Lord uses those giftings then to the highest degree, um, that he can, because if it was on my strength or my ability or my kindness or my mercy, I would fall well short of what, what We Are Messengers is and has become. Well, Mr. Darren Mulligan has been on the road with us today for Faith Radio. One of a kind gentleman, the lead singer of We Are Messengers. The new record, the new single, both called Power. 
And of course, available wherever fine music is sold or streamed. But sir, if we do want to learn more about you guys and keep up with you on the social media platforms, where's the best place to start, sir? Yeah, just uh, go to wearemassengersmusic.com. We are messengers on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all of those places. <laughs> but yeah, I hope people love this record. This one is, is really special. This one, I think, is a record where the music and the instrumentation matches the message and sometimes in our format and even with We Are Messengers sometimes our messages have been stronger than our music and I think this time we've got that balance right and I think that's important if we're going to reach people outside of the body which is really important and I'm thankful for you know stations and labels and people who support bands like us because we're taking the road less travelled in doing this but I tell you, the the uh, reward in heaven will be so much more splendid for taking the road less traveled than if we chased the low-hanging fruit and tried to go the easy route. Nothing done easy has ever worth doing. And so this has been a slow, long burn to get to where we are in this record. And we're going to keep on doing it like that because that's that's what matters. Well, congratulations on the new music, my friend. It, it sounds just tremendous, and the ministry is so clear. Thank you so much for being with us today. All right, Ryan. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Cheers. We got that Holy Ghost power. We got our hearts set on love. We got that Holy Ghost power. We keep our eyes fixed on love. We got that Holy Ghost power. We got our hearts set on love. We got that Holy Ghost power. So from the incredible story of relatively new faces on the CCM scene, our track On the Road takes us now to one of the most beloved bands in its history. Mercy Me is headed out on their 2020 tour this spring across America with their pal Jeremy Camp. And Barry Grawl plays guitar for the good-hearted lads. It is most excellent to have you on the road today, Barry. Is 2020 being kind to you so far, sir? Off the ground and running, (laughs) you know, already, so... Isn't that the truth? Already February already, and I have absolutely no idea how that's possible, but here we are. The good news about that, it's one step closer to the 2020 tour. You guys headed out across the land with Jeremy Camp, and you guys have done so many of these great experiences and have shared so much incredible music across this country, across the world, really. What is different about this tour and maybe what stays the same, Barry? We always we always like to take out artists that you know we enjoy being around and we share a common goal together. So Jeremy, I don't think we've actually technically toured with him for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we we did years ago. Um, of course, you know you see each other around it <laughs> at festivals or other events and stuff like that. You feel like you're together sure. all the time, but I, actually doing a tour together it's been it's been a while. I think. And so we are really looking forward to that. That's, that's going to be new. That's a new experience because we haven't done that in a while. And um, everybody shares and everybody else. And, you know, we, we love his band. We're looking forward to being together. And um, as far as some new stuff, we're, uh, we'll be playing uh, our new single, Almost Home. Um, we may add in another, another song from our record that isn't close to being released yet. So hey. we are, yeah. Uh, not really sure when that's going to happen, but <laughs> there might be an, there might be one 
maybe two songs that we'll be able to play from it. Um, not sure about that yet. We'll be deciding that pretty soon. It was really fun to get to do a bit more reading on you in advance of this chat. And people sort of talk about your musical ability with this almost hushed reverence, which is pretty cool. How, how did you first discover your love for making music? I started playing the trombone actually in the fourth grade. <laughs> and I, I play and I played trombone all through high school, even in uh, a couple of years after high school. But in that, I just... I fell in love with, you know, I'm a pro- I'm a product of the 70s. I just fell in love with classic rock. It was very guitar-based. Um, my cousin played guitar, and so I would go over to his house, and he would, uh, he would show me some chords and stuff like that. He had an old Martin acoustic. And growing up, I would play. My cousin didn't live too far away, and so we, we in the summers, we spent a lot of time together uh, mm-hmm. with my cousin and my uncle, a classical guitar that was always sitting. It was a silver tone classical guitar. I actually played the guitar <clears throat> this uh, this Christmas. It was it's still at the house. Wow. But um, so I would always I would always tinker around with that, and I was like, man, I really I really like the guitars. It's pretty awesome. So I feel like a lot of those things had a lot to do with me just falling in love with the instrument, and so I just I, you know I I just started on that path, took lessons got a guitar, got more guitars and started playing cover, cover music and cover bands and stuff like that. And then, um, and then God changed my heart, found out what Christian music was. And then, um, in 1988 moved to Nashville. The rest is history. <laughs> they say. <laughs> Anytime you ever have a chance to say that phrase, you have to take perfect, it. Beautifully it? done, it's sir. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Mr. Barry Grawl is with us. He plays guitar for the CCM favorites, Mercy Me. They're headed out across America on their 2020 tour with Jeremy Camp this spring. You know, we just started a new decade as we started out talking about and just have to think you guys have achieved and accomplished so much and yet you continue to go out there and make incredible new music that's you know even even breaking new ground sonically and lyrically what is there left that you guys want to achieve would you say when you love music you know i I think it's a popular saying now that do what you love and never work another day in your life that's right um it really is true when when you fall in love with when you're passionate about what you want to do in life for us, it's music. We love music. It's, it's easy. And it's, um, just to, just to get up every day and think about music and, and yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm generalizing because there are times when you have to get away from it for it to feel fresh again sometimes. But I, I think we're all into music in our own, in our own ways in many different genres of music that, when we come together it's uh it becomes fresh what what we're creating and and you know everything is just kind of thrown into the to the pot it's you know it's just a big salad and then <laughs> you know it's and and we draw from that and so as long as we're relevant and and continue to be relevant then i i think that you know we'll hopefully we'll be making music for, for quite some time. Um, it's when you, you know, the forward thinking stops and you're not relevant anymore. And it's, you know, you don't have anything to say, but at this, at this point, I, 
you know, we, we still have a lot to say and, you know, and, and the channels are open for God to speak through us in a lot of different ways. And so it's, uh, you know, we're, we, we don't know when the end is and hopefully we'll still keep making relevant, relevant music for quite some time. So we, uh, just keep take you know, keep taking steps every day. Well, so many of us uh, can testify to the incredible, incredible impact of the music on our lives. Mercy Me, coming to a tour stop near you this spring with a 2020 tour featuring Jeremy Camp as well. Mr. Barry Grawl, the guitarist for Mercy Me, has been with us today. And good sir, of course, you guys are all over the place on the web. But if there was a central place to go to learn more and to maybe pick up a ticket for a show this spring, where should people go? Uh, mercyme.org alright sir wow so much fun yeah. talking to you today thank you so much for your time man uh, thank you so much thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road for more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes look for On the Road when you visit myfaithradio.com Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.